Hello, and thank you for listening to the Hope Relentless Marriage Podcast, where we talk about all things marriage. We're honored to spend some time with you and well done on investing in your relationship. It matters. Our goal is to encourage and equip you in your incredible adventure of marriage, whether you're in a low place or a high place. This is for us, those courageous enough to believe we can actually change the world, one marriage at a time, starting with our own. Please connect with us on our website, hoperelentless.com. And remember, there's always, always hope. Hello, Hope Relentless Marriage. This is Chad and Sarah Gale, and we are so ecstatic that you are joining us for this podcast. We have some great topics in store to talk about, to kind of sift through today with you guys. And I wanted to say well done again on being here. It's incredible that you are taking the time to be here. So I don't want you to take it lightly anytime you choose to tune in to our podcast or any resource regarding your marriage because it's so significant and it matters. It makes a difference because remember, marriages impact families, families impact communities and communities impact the world. So what you are doing when you grow your marriage is significant. Yeah, it's just so true. And today what we're going to talk about is mindset. And I think that fits in so much with what you introduced, babe, this idea that, Mm -hmm. you know, when you start with the marriage, this ripple effect, but even mindset is, is on an individual level and how important our mindset is to the health of our marriage. And just to make sure we're on the same page, you know, essentially Webster defines mindset as a mental attitude or inclination, a fixed state of mind. And I know when Hope Relentless counsels couples, one of the first things we ask is the simple question, do you believe your marriage can grow? Because that really lets us in on the the mindset of the individuals and how much they believe that whatever obstacles they're facing, can they overcome them? It's very difficult to work with an individual or a couple who doesn't believe growth or change can happen. Because oftentimes, whatever we fix our mind on, we will see things that support that. And so that's what we want to talk about today. How do we get our mindset in a place that'll serve um, the health and the strength of our marriage, the health and the strength of our relationships. Right. And so often when we are thinking about marriage, uh, we, we think about the other person and it's their fault, you know, and we're waiting for them to change or to do something so that the marriage can be better. But at Hope Relentless, we talk a lot about personal responsibility and mindset is one of those things. No one can impact your mindset and, and grow and change your mindset other than yourself. And so this is why this is crucial. Does mindset matter? Absolutely. It is the root of everything that we do when it comes to marriage. Sure. But I think really in life and like Chad said, what we believe is what we gravitate towards. And an example of this is by John Gottman, a marriage researcher, and he has this concept called assuming the best. And so the thought is if your spouse forgets to do something, let's say they they said they were going to take out the trash and they forget. Are you going to assume the best about them? And assuming the best would look like, oh gosh, well maybe they just had something come up last minute. They they wanted to take the trash out, but they had to be at a meeting last minute. So you're assuming the best. Whereas assuming the worst would, would look like, oh my goodness, they're so lazy. This is what they always yeah. do. They forget to take out the trash because it's personal. They don't care about what I care about, even though they agreed to do it. And so I think 
a lot of us have been in both of those scenarios where we do assume the best, but then also we assume the worst. And with the John Gottman research, one of the things that it's looking at is it, it goes a bit deeper because when we assume the worst, like we say, oh, it's just who they are, they're lazy, then we're looking at their character. And that's yeah. the thing that is toxic in marriage is when we are, our mindset is such about our spouse, we've made up our minds that our spouse is lazy and that, that speaks to their character. And so that means we've already kind of created a sentence for them. They're not, they can't change, at least in our mind, they can't because we've already decided that's who they are. Yeah. And the mindset becomes so important because in that example of taking out the trash, you know, when I'm, when I'm assuming the worst, then somebody could take out the trash today, tomorrow, like multiple days in a row. And then the second they don't, then that's what my mind is fixed on focusing. That's what I, that's, that's right. what I recall. That's what I remember. Yeah. And when we work with couples, you think about this, the terminology of always and never, mm -hmm. right? Those are super extreme and those are often like cues or, or alarms for us to be aware of when we use the language always or never, that'll give us really good insight into our mindset around our marriage or around our spouse. Are those always and never negative and critical or are those always and never, never benefit of the doubt and, um, and encouraging? I still think always yeah. and never are just unrealistic terms. We should probably get those yeah. away from our language in general. For sure. Um, for sure. But I think, you know, even, you know, we're a sports family. And so you just think about sports, pick any sport that maybe somebody's interested in or, or pick any um, high level industry. People that are successful have a mindset, have a perspective, have an attitude and a belief that they can move the project forward, that they can win the game, that they can, even mm -hmm. in moments of defeat and challenge, there's still a mindset of, of progress and of growth. And that is so important. You know, for us as Christians, there's a scripture that really highlights this in Philippians. It literally is... Uh, you know, God's way of encouraging us, hey, be aware, be intentional on what you're thinking. And so Philippians 4, verse 4 through 9 says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. So it's like in this moment, God is encouraging, um, inspiring, almost begging us, hey, be aware of what you think. Find the good in every situation. Mm -hmm. Find the good. Yeah. And that's so true in marriage because you know, this adventure of living a life together has mm -hmm. obstacles and has challenges. But when we can train ourselves to find the good in our spouse, we'll start to, to recognize those. And I know for me, because I'm like words of encouragement, when you start mm. encouraging me, even if it feels like silly or ridiculous, I like it. And so then I start to, to act in that manner. And then when you encourage it again, it just creates this positive momentum in our day to day. So then when there's challenges, it's just so much easier to face because we've yeah. built this momentum of being on the same team of believing, mm -hmm. Hey, this is difficult. This is challenging, but we're in this together. Right? Yeah. It's so good. And it reminds me of 
you know, what we seek out in our spouse is what we will find. And so one of my marriage mentors, Debbie Bruin Forte, she talked about being a seeker of the good. I asked her, I said, hey, what do you, what would be the secret to your long and fulfilling marriage? I think they've been married over 25 years, maybe in the 30s. And yeah, I th- she I think said- is it mid thirties? Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's gotta be mid thirties cause we're approaching the twenties. Okay. So, and she said, be a seeker of the good. And she told me more about what she meant by that. And I likened it to the where's Waldo books. If you, I might be dating myself here <laughs> with where's Waldo books, but that's the concept of there's this image on on a page of a book full of a lot of other images. And so we're looking for Waldo. Waldo Waldo is this little guy in glasses and a red and white shirt, striped shirt. And so out of all the images, we're seeking until we find Waldo. And so being a seeker of the good would with our spouses would be, we are seeking, we are thinking on, we are looking for things that are good when it comes to our spouse, because we, we all know that there are things that are not so good. I'm not trying to say, let's just ignore and live with rose-colored glasses and, and not work on anything that needs to be worked on. But what I am saying is what I said at the beginning, we are big on personal responsibility. When our spouses have glaring things that they need to work on, a lot of times the, the best scenario is that they would take ownership and start to work on those things. When we start to point the finger and we expect them to work on things and we don't move or we don't adjust how we are interacting until they do what they need to do and we give those ultimatums, that doesn't typically go well for anyone and it doesn't build an atmosphere in the marriage that is life-giving and that is enjoyable. And so this is why our job is more to be a seeker of the good. Look for those qualities that we can uplift, like, like, like Chad said, to encourage because it fuels, it grows, and it creates this almost atmosphere or expectation that, yeah, this is what we do here. We lift one another up. We're not ignoring the negative, but we're relying on the other person to take ownership for the things that they need to personally grow. Yeah. It's, and it's so important because I know when in, a, in an encouraging and positive environment, the interesting thing is it supports our spouse in being more vulnerable, right? So yeah. when you're so encouraging true. and finding the good, then when I take ownership over an area of my life that I'm struggling in, I'm more willing to share it with you because I know that the response is going to be encouragement and support. But when Mm -hmm. we are critical, then I'm going to withhold that information because I don't want to give my spouse another target, another area to criticize or Mm -hmm. belittle me. So when we think about this area of growth and ownership and personal responsibility, mindset plays such a key role in developing the environment and the atmosphere that we engage in daily. And you can see this in couples where they withhold or hide information. And then Mm -hmm. the challenge when we isolate, especially from our spouse, whatever we're hiding usually grows and becomes a bigger Mm -hmm. issue or a bigger, it it increases in toxicity. But just sometimes by sharing what we're struggling with in an open and an encouraging environment, there's just something that unlocks there. You know, the Bible even talks about there's power in asking for forgiveness. There's power in sharing our mistakes and our sin, that there's almost like freedom in that area. And so this Mm -hmm. is why 
mindset is so important. It creates this environment of support and encouragement and growth that allows us to, to break through on individual areas, which then obviously directly impacts our marriage. And so one of the things I just want to encourage couples is to make it a priority to learn and to grow in this area, you know, working mm -hmm. on habits, becoming more aware of our mindset and how that impacts how, how I'm showing up. And so how that impacts how I'm showing up in our relationship. Right. And so this kind of leads me to personal stories just in our own marriage, Chad, where it's very clear my, when my mindset really impacted my my day-to-day -day enjoyment, to be honest, because that's what it does. The mindset can form your day-to-day -day in a negative or a positive way. And so for me, I remember one of the negative mindsets I had early on, and this is all my examples are kind of related to parenting because that was a huge part just for, for me when the kids were younger, as far as, am I going to stay home? Am I going to work and all this stuff? And I had a negative mindset that believed that you did not want me to stay home because I didn't get the affirmation that I wanted. You didn't affirm me in the way I wanted you to affirm me. And I thought that that meant that you didn't want me to stay home. And so I carried that mindset into a lot of our conversations, even though you would say, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. But because my mindset, my attitude, my belief was saying, okay, yeah, this is what he thinks. I couldn't hear anything else. Yeah. I literally couldn't hear anything else. And so that's an example of a negative one for me. And then an example of a positive one was when I believed that, and I still believe this, is that we're on the same team. So thinking of parenting, I know that if, you know, Joshua or Micah comes to me and they say, they ask me something, then I can know with assurance that if then they go to you and ask you that same thing, you're, if you, if they, if you know, they already spoke with me, you're going to say, what did mom say? Or yeah. you're going to say, yep, whatever mom said, because we're on the same team. I don't have to think that you're going to undermine me in parenting because I believe my mindset says, nope, we're on the same team. And so that impacts a lot of our interactions. Yeah, those are really good examples. And I think for me, I remember early on when the kids were younger and I was working, I would work quite a bit, but I also enjoyed my work. But my mindset was that you wanted me home that you mm. preferred me to be present for the evenings. And so sometimes I wouldn't share what was going on with work, even if I was excited mm -hmm. about it, or I would feel guilty about working mm. later, even though I enjoyed it, because I believed uh, that you not were like jealous of my work, but that you wanted work to end when it was supposed to end and that I would mm -hmm. then be fully present at home. And so, mm -hmm that mindset that I had caused me to not share. And what you really wanted was to be a part of my day and to understand the projects that I'm working yeah. on and how is work going and some of these things. And so it just created this disconnect. Your mm -hmm. actions and words were saying, hey, share with me or include me. But my mindset was like, oh, she doesn't want me to... Um, to enjoy my work or to spend more time so at good. work. So if I'm really enjoying it. And so we just miss, we completely yeah. miss each other until we can kind of have this breakthrough and realize, oh, wait a minute, we are on the same team. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. I know she has said this, but my behavior isn't actually matching that. And that's a mindset issue, not 
It wasn't that you weren't supporting. It wasn't that you didn't want to see me thrive at work. It was the, it was, that's exactly what you wanted. But my mindset was confusing that um, and creating walls and barriers where we didn't need them. You know, a positive area is it's taken me a while, but um, at times I like time by myself. And, mm-hmm. but I used to feel like, ah, oh, Sarah Gale wants me around. We do things as a family. And you're always trying to schedule and plan things for me to have time to myself or to have time with my friends. And even mm-hmm. just recently, you know, you scheduled me to play golf with a, with a good friend of mine. And I woke up and it was just different. Cause I was like, oh, like I can enjoy this. I don't need to feel <laughs> guilty about going and playing golf instead of either going to work or spending time with the family because I finally started to recognize and believe Sarah Gale wants me to enjoy these things. There isn't a competing interest here. And so I just was able to enjoy this incredible morning of just playing golf, connecting with a friend. Um, But in that moment, connecting that to a positive attribution of our marriage, not just me mm-hmm. going and being independent. And it's, mm-hmm. it's amazing mm-hmm. how just the Good. mindset around these things really shapes how we define them. Right. And so as you can see, a lot of us want help with communication, but a lot of communication comes from our mindset. And so we were missing each other here and the conversations around these areas did not go well, to be honest, because we had a wall in front of us called our mindset that was not allowing the truth of what our spouse would want or was saying, even literally saying, to penetrate our our minds and our hearts. And so mindset impacts what we believe about ourselves and it also impacts what we believe about our spouse. And so everything is connected and it all centers around mindset. I want to shift into some action steps for you guys listening, because if we're talking about mindset, we need to start to develop and cultivate a mindset, a mind frame that is is for our marriages, that is moving our marriages in the direction that we want our marriages to go in. And so one of the things I would say is to start just like what we started this this podcast off with, you know, with our couples, we ask, how much do you believe that this marriage can grow, can improve? Do you believe this marriage can grow and improve? That's crucial. And so for you listening, I want you to start to make some decisions, make a decision about what you are going to put into your marriage. Are you going to give it all? Then give it all. But whatever it is, make a decision. And the difference between a choice and a decision is a choice we kind of change. We can change, right? But a decision is, no, this is what I'm doing. It's fixed. Like one of the definitions from Miriam was it's fixed. And we want your decision for your marriage as far as the commitment that you have to help it to grow, to be fixed, that nothing can alter it. So that's the first step that I would say for you listening. Yeah. And then I would say like on some practical steps that for many of us, this can be an area of growth or something that we've maybe not connected directly to the health of our marriage. And so being patient with ourselves, being patient with our spouse, but at the same time, taking actions to learn and to grow. And so books on mindset, podcasts on mindset. I think for me, something that has helped me become more aware of my mindset is journaling. And so So I try and journal every day. Um, It doesn't happen every day, but it happens more days than not where I write down my goals that keeps some of those priorities at the forefront of my mind. But I also try and journal something I was grateful for and something that was a challenge or an obstacle or a frustration in the day. And that just kind of takes me back. It helps me reflect on my day 
And one of the things that shows over a period of time when it's hard for me to find what I was grateful for, that is kind of an alarm to let me know, hey, my mindset mm. might be, be becoming critical or judgmental, mm -hmm. or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a hyper aware of the frustrating things and I'm losing sight of the things in my day that I can be grateful for. But also mm -hmm. I think there's power in journaling the opposite of what, what challenges did I face today? What obstacles did I face today? And when I write those down, just when I look at the words or I look at the tone, or I think about my body language or, or what I'm doing mm -hmm. in my body as I'm journaling the challenges, that'll let me know do I believe that I can overcome these problems? Do I believe that I can learn mm. in this area? And that'll kind of ex um, expose my mindset in different areas of my life. And so, you know, books, podcasts, journaling, these can be some simple but super impactful steps that we can take to, to grow in this area of our life and to directly bring strength and health into our marriages. So good. The last thing I'll say is when it comes to our marriages and growth in our marriage, we're not looking for just behavior modification. And a lot of times that's what counseling does. You know, you are seeing a counselor and then you start to change some behaviors. And then after you stop seeing the counselor, sometimes you'll go back to the way you were before. And that signifies that you changed some behavior along the way, but you didn't transform from the inside out. And so I think mindset is what causes you to transform from the inside out because we are looking at the, the root. We're looking at the why. We're becoming aware. And then we're deciding to make different choices or to make different, to have different actions. And so it's all connected, like we said. And so I want to encourage you to continue on this journey. Those, those action steps that Chad gave were incredible. I think I might start taking notes in these podcasts, Chad. <laughs> I always have something to learn from you. And I, I want to end us all with some encouragement. Again, thank you for listening. It means a lot to us that you would listen and um, hopefully engage and, and really implement the things that we're talking about. And the last thing I want you to know before we meet again is that there is always, always hope.